0: CD 2 A young rat was holding up its hand. Yeah, what's your name, miss? Er, uh, Nourishing, sir, said the rat. Er, uh, can I ask a question, sir? Are you new in this platoon, Nourishing? said Dark Tan. Yes, sir. Transferred out of the old light whittlers, sir. Ah, oh, they thought you'd be good at trap disposal, did they? "'Nourishing looked uneasy, but there was no going back now. "'Er, not really, sir. "'They said I couldn't be any worse than I am at whittling, sir.' "'There was general laughter from the ranks. "'How can a rat not be good at that?' said Dark Tan. "'It's just so... so... so embarrassing, sir.' "'Dark Tan sighed to himself. "'All this new thinking was producing some strange things. "'He personally approved of the idea of the right place.' But some of the ideas the kids were coming up with were odd. All right, he said. What was your question, Nourishing? Er, you said the second mouse gets the cheese, sir. That's right. That is the squad motto, Nourishing. Remember it. It is your friend. Yes, sir. I will, sir. But doesn't the first mouse get something, sir? Dark Tan stared at the young rat. He was slightly impressed that she stared back instead of cringing. I can see you're going to be a valuable addition to the squad nourishing, he said. He raised his voice. Squad, what does the first mouse get? The roar of voices made dust fall down from the ceiling. The Trap! And don't you forget it, said Dark Tan. Take him out, special offer. I'll be with you in a minute. A younger rat stepped forward and faced the squads. Let's go, rats. Hut, hut, hut. The Trap Squad trotted away. Dark Tan walked over to Dangerous Beans. "'That's got us started,' he said. "'If we can't get the humans looking for a good rat catcher by tomorrow, "'we don't know our business.' "'We need to stay longer than that,' said Peaches. "'Some of the ladies are going to have their babies.' "'I said we don't know it's safe here yet,' said Dark Tan. "'Do you want to be the one to tell Big Savings?' said Peaches sweetly. "'Big Savings was the old head female,' "'Widely agreed to have a bite like a pickaxe and muscles like rock. "'She also had a short temper with males. "'Even ham and pork kept out of her way when she was in a bad mood. "'Nature has to take its course, obviously,' said Dark Tan quickly. "'But we haven't explored. There must be other rats here.' "'Oh, the kikis all keep out of the way of us,' said Peaches. "'That was true,' Dark Tan had to agree. "'Ordinary rats did keep out of the way of the changelings.' Oh, there was some trouble sometimes, but the changelings were big and healthy and could think their way through a fight. Dangerous Beans was unhappy about this, but, as Hammond Pork said, it was either us or them, and when you got right down to it, it was a rat-eat-rat world. I'm going to go and join my squad, said Dark Tan, still unnerved at the thought of confronting big savings. He moved closer. What's up with Ham and Pork? He's thinking about things, said Peaches. Thinking? said Dark Tan blankly. Oh, right. Well, I've got traps to see to. Smell you later. What is the matter with ham and pork, said Dangerous Beans, when he and Peaches were alone again. He's getting old, said Peaches. He needs to rest a lot, and I think he's worried that Dark Tan or one of the others is going to challenge him. Will they, do you think? Dark Tan's more wrapped up in breaking traps and testing poisons. There's more... "'Interesting things to do now than bite one another.' "'Or do rilk, from what I hear,' said Dangerous Beans. "'Peaches looked down demurely. "'If rats could blush, she would have done. "'It was amazing how pink eyes that could hardly see you "'could look straight through you at the same time.' "'The ladies are a lot more choosy,' she said. "'They want to find fathers who can think.' "'Good,' said Dangerous Beans. "'We must be careful. "'We don't need to breed like rats.' We don't have to rely on numbers. We are the changelings. Peaches watched him anxiously. When Dangerous Beans was thinking, he seemed to be staring into a world only he could see. What is it this time? she asked. I have been thinking that we shouldn't kill other rats. No rat should kill another rat. Even Kikis, she said, they are rats too. Peaches shrugged. "'Well, we've tried talking to them, and that didn't work. "'Anyway, they mostly stay away these days.' "'Dangerous Beans was still staring at the unseen world. "'Even so,' he said quietly, "'I should like you to write it down.' "'Peaches sighed, but went off anyway to one of the packs "'the rats had carried in and pulled out her bag. "'It was no more than a roll of cloth with a handle "'made from a scrap of string, "'but it was big enough to hold a few matches, "'some pieces of pencil lead,' a tiny sliver of a broken knife blade for sharpening the letters, and a grubby piece of paper. All the important things. She was also the official carrier of Mr Bunsey. Carrier wasn't quite correct. Dragger was mostly more accurate. But Dangerous Beans always liked to know where it was and seemed to think better when it was around, and it gave him some comfort, and that was good enough for Peaches. She smoothed out the paper on an ancient brick, "'picked up a piece of lead and looked down the list. "'The first thought had been, "'In the clan is strength.' "'This had been quite a hard one to translate, "'but she had made an effort. "'Most rats couldn't read human. "'It was just too hard to make the lines and squeals "'turn into any sense. "'So Peaches had worked very hard "'on making a language that rats could read. "'She tried to draw a big rat made up of little rats.' The writing had led to trouble with Hammond Pork. New ideas needed a running jump to get into the old rat's head. Dangerous Beans had explained in his strange, calm voice that writing things down would mean that a rat's knowledge would go on existing even when the rat had died. He said that all rats could learn the knowledge of ham and Pork. Hammond Pork had said, "'Not likely. It's taken him years to learn some of the tricks he's learned. "'Why should he give it all away? "'That would mean any young rat would know as much as him.' Dangerous beans had said, "We cooperate, or we die." That had become the next thought. Cooperate had been difficult, but even Kiki's would sometimes lead a blind or wounded comrade by gripping a stick, and that was certainly cooperation. The thick line where she'd pressed heavily had to mean no. The trap sign could mean die or bad or avoid. The last thought on the paper was not to whittle where you eat. That one was quite simple. She grasped the piece of lead in both paws and carefully drew No rat to kill another rat. She sat back. Yes, not bad. Trap was a good sign for death and she added the dead rat to make it all the more serious. But supposing you have to, she said, still staring at the drawings. Then you have to, said Dangerous Beans, but you shouldn't. Peaches shook her head sadly. She supported Dangerous Beans because there was, well, something about him. He wasn't big or fast, and he was almost blind and quite weak, and sometimes he forgot to eat because he came up with thoughts that nobody, at least nobody who was a rat, had thought before. Most of them had annoyed Ham and Pork no end. Like the time when Dangerous Beans had said, ''What is a rat?'' And Ham and Pork had replied, Teeth, claws Dale run hide eat. That's what a rat is Dangerous beans had said But now we can also say what is a rat he said and that means we're more than that We're rats Hammond Pork had argued we run around and squeak and steal and make more rats. That's what we're made for who buy dangerous beans had said and that had led to another argument about the big rat deep under the ground theory. But even ham and pork followed dangerous beans, and so did rats like Dark Tan and Donut Enter, and they listened when he talked. Peaches listened when they talked. We were given noses, Dark Tan had told the squads. Who had given them noses? The thoughts of dangerous beans worked their ways into other people's heads without them noticing. He came up with new ways of thinking. He came up with new words. He came up with ways of understanding the things that were happening to them. Big rats, rats with scars, listened to the little rat because the change had led them into dark territory and he seemed to be the only one with an idea of where they were going. She left him, sitting by the candle and went and looked for ham and pork. He was sitting by a wall. Like most of the old rats, he always stuck to walls and kept away from open spaces and too much light. He seemed to be shaking. "'Are you all right?' she said. The shaking stopped. "'Fine, fine, nothing wrong with me,' snapped and Pork. "'Just a few twinges, nothing permanent.' "'Only I noticed you didn't go out with any of the squads,' said Peaches. "'There's nothing wrong with me,' shouted the old rat. we still got some potatoes in the baggage.' "'I don't want any food. "'There is nothing wrong with me.' Which meant that there was. It was the reason he didn't want to share all the things he knew. What he knew was all he had left. Peaches knew what rats traditionally did to leaders who were too old. She'd watched Hammond Pork's face when Dark Tan, younger, stronger, dark Tan, had been talking to his squads and knew that Hammond Pork was thinking about it too. Oh, he was fine when people were watching him, but lately he'd been resting more and skulking in corners. Old rats were driven out, to lurk around by themselves and go rotten and funny in the head. Soon there would be another leader. Peaches wished she could make him understand one of the thoughts of dangerous beans, but the old rat didn't much like talking to females. He'd grown up thinking females weren't for talking to. The thought was, We are the changelings. We are not like other rats. Chapter 4 The important thing about adventures, thought Mr Bunsey, was that they should not be so long as to make you miss mealtimes. From Mr Bunsey Has an Adventure. The kid and the girl and Morris were in a large kitchen. The kid could tell it was a kitchen because of the huge black iron range and the chimney breast and the pans hanging on the walls and the long scarred table. What it didn't seem to have was what a kitchen traditionally had, which was food. The girl went to a metal box in the corner and fumbled around her neck for a string, which it turned out held a big key. You can't trust anybody, she said, and the rats steal a hundred times what they eat, the devils. I don't think they do, said the kid. Ten times at most. You know all about rats all of a sudden, said the girl, unlocking the metal case. Not all of a sudden. I learnt it when OW! That really hurt. Sorry about that, said Morris. "'I accidentally scratched you, did I?' "'He tried to make a face which said, "'Don't be a complete twerp, OK, "'which is quite hard to do with a cat head.' Melissa gave him a suspicious look "'and then turned back to the metal box. "'There's some milk that's not gone hard yet "'and a couple of fish heads,' she said, peering inside. "'Sounds good to me,' said Morris. "'What about your human? "'Him? He'll eat any old scraps.' "'There's bread and sausage,' said the girl.' "'taking a can from the metal cupboard. "'We're all very suspicious about the sausages. "'There's a tiny bit of cheese, too, but it's rather ancestral. "'I don't think we should eat your food if it's so short,' said the kid. "'We have got money. "'Oh, my father says it'd reflect very badly on the town "'if we weren't hospitable. "'He's the mayor, you know.' "'He's the government,' said the kid. "'The girl stared at him. "'I suppose so,' she said. "'Funny way of putting it.' "'The town council makes the laws, really. "'He just runs the place and argues with everyone, "'and he says we shouldn't have any more rations than any other people "'to show solidarity in these difficult times. "'It was bad enough that tourists stopped visiting our hot baths, "'but the rats have made it a lot worse.' Melissa took a couple of sauces from the big kitchen dresser. "'My father says if we're all sensible there will be enough to go round,' "'she went on, which I think is very commendable. "'I entirely agree.' "'But I think that once you've shown solidarity, "'you should be allowed just a little extra. "'In fact, I think we get a bit less than everyone else. "'Can you imagine? "'Anyway.' "'So you really are a magical cat, then?' she finished, "'pouring the milk into a saucer. "'It oozed rather than gushed, "'but Morris was a street cat "'and could drink milk so rotten it would try to crawl away. "'Oh, yes, that's right, magical,' he said, "'with a yellow-white ring around his mouth.' For two fish-heads, he'd be anything for anyone. "'Probably belonged to a witch, I expect. "'There's a name like Griselda, or one of those names,' "'said the girl, putting the fish-heads on another saucer. "'Yeah, right, Griselda, right,' said Morris, not raising his head. "'Who lived in a gingerbread cottage in the forest, probably?' "'Yeah, right,' said Morris. "'And then, because he wouldn't be Morris if he couldn't be a bit inventive, "'he added, "'Only it was a crispbread's cottage, because she was slimming. "'Very healthy witch, Griselda.' The girl looked puzzled for a moment. That's not how it should go, she said. Sorry, I tell a lie. It was Gingerbread Rally, said Morris quickly. Someone giving you food was always correct. And she had big warts, I'm sure. Miss, said Morris, trying to look sincere, some of those warts had so much personality they used to have friends of their own. "Uh, What's your name, miss? Promise not to laugh. All right. After all, there might be more fish heads. It's... "'Malicia. Oh. "'Are you laughing?' she said in a threatening voice. "'No,' said Morris, mystified. "'Why should I? "'You don't think it's a funny name?' "'Morris thought about the names he knew. "'Ham and Pork, Dangerous Beans, Dark Tan, Sardines. "'Sounds like an ordinary kind of name to me,' he said. "'Malicia gave him another suspicious look, "'but turned her attention to the kid.' "'who was sitting with the usual happy, faraway smile he wore "'when he didn't have anything else to do. "'And have you got a name?' she said. "'You're not the third and youngest son of a king, are you? "'If your name starts Prince, that's a definite clue.' "'The kid said, "'I think it's Keith.' "'You never said you had a name?' said Morris. "'Now, I never asked before,' said the kid. "'Keith is not a promising name start,' said Melissa. "'It doesn't hint of mystery.' It just hints of Keith. "'Are you sure it's your real name?' "'It's just the one they gave me.' "'Ah, that's more like it. "'A slight hint of mystery,' said Melissia, "'suddenly looking interested. "'Just enough to build up suspense. "'You've uh, stolen a veiled birth, I expect. "'You probably are the rightful king of some country, "'but they found someone who looked like you and did a swap. "'In that case you'll have a magic sword, "'only it won't look magic, you see, "'until it's time for you to manifest your destiny.' "'You were probably found on a doorstep.' "'I was, yes,' said Keith. "'See, I'm always right.' "'Morris was always on the lookout for what people wanted, "'and what Melissa wanted, he felt, was a gag. "'But he'd never heard the stupid-looking kid talk about himself before. "'What were you doing on a doorstep?' he said. "'I don't know. Gurgling, I expect,' said Keith. "'You never said,' said Morris, accusingly. "'Is it important?' "'There was a magic sword or a crown in the basket with you, probably, "'and you've got a mysterious tattoo or a strange-shaped birthmark, too,' said Melissia. "'I don't think so. "'No one ever mentioned them,' said Keith. "'There was just me and a blanket and a note.' "'A note? But that's important.' "'It said, "'19 pints and a strawberry yogurt," said Keith.' "'Ah, not helpful, then,' said Melissia. "'Why 19 pints of milk?' "'It was the Guild of Musicians,' said Keith. "'Quite a large place. I don't know about the strawberry yogurt. "'Abandoned orphan is good,' said Melissia. "'After all, a prince can only grow up to be a king, "'but a mysterious orphan could be anybody.' "'Were you beaten and starved and locked in the cellar?' "'I don't think so,' said Keith, giving her a funny look. "'Everyone at the Guild was very kind. "'They were mostly nice people. They taught me a lot.' "'We've got Guilds here,' said Melissia.' They teach boys to be carpenters and stonemasons and things like that. The guilds taught me music, said Keith. I'm a musician. I'm good at it too. I've been earning my own living since I was six. Aha! Mysterious orphans, strange talent, distressed upbringing. It's all shaping up, said Melissa. The strawberry yoghurt is probably not important. Would your life have been different if it had been banana-flavoured? Who can say? What kind of music do you play? Kinds? "'There aren't any kinds. there's just music,' said Keith. "'There's always music, if you listen.' Melissa looked at Morris. "'Is he always like this?' she demanded. "'This is the most I've ever heard him say,' said the cat. "'I expect you're very keen to know all about me,' said Melissa. "'I expect you're just too polite to ask.' "'Gosh, yes,' said Morris. "'Well, you probably won't be surprised to know "'that I've got two dreadful stepsisters,' said Melissa. "'And I have to do all the chores.' "'Gosh, really!' said Morris, wondering if there were any more fish-heads, and, if there were any more fish-heads, whether they were worth all this. "'Well, most of the chores,' said Melissa, as if revealing an unfortunate fact. "'Some of them, definitely. "'I have to clean up my own room, you know, and it's extremely untidy.' "'Gosh, really! "'And it's very nearly the smallest bedroom. "'There's practically no cupboards, and I'm running out of bookshelf space.' "'Gosh, really! "'And people are incredibly cruel to me. "'You will note that we are here in a kitchen, "'and I'm the mayor's daughter. "'Should the daughter of a mayor be expected to wash up at least once a week? "'I think not. "'Gosh, really! "'And will you just look at these torn and bedraggled clothes I have to wear?' "'Morris looked. "'He wasn't good on clothes. "'Fur was enough for him.' As far as he could tell, milicia's dress was pretty much like any other dress. It seemed to be all there. There weren't any holes except where the arms and head poked through. "'Here, just here,' said milicia pointing to a place on the hem which to Morris looked no different than the rest of the dress. "'I had to sew that back myself, you know?' "'Gosh, Rip!' Morris stopped. Sardines was absailing down from a crack in the ancient ceiling. He had a knapsack on his back. "'And on top of this... "'I'm the one that has to cure for some bread and sausages every day,' Melissa continued. "'But Morris was listening even less than he had been before. "'It had to be Sardines,' he thought. "'Idiot. "'He always goes ahead of the trap squad. "'Of all the kitchens in all the town he could turn up in, "'he's turned up in this one. "'Any minute she's going to turn around and scream. "'Sardines would probably treat it as applause, too. "'He lived life as if it was a performance.' Other rats just ran around squeaking and messing up things, and that was quite good enough to convince humans there was a plague, but oh no! Sardines always had to go further. Sardines and his yarrr song song-and-dance act. And the rats take everything, Melissa was saying. What they don't take, they spoil. It's been terrible. We have to buy corn and stuff from the traders that sail up the river. That's why bread is so expensive. Expensive, eh? said Morris they have tried traps and dogs and cats and poison, and still the rats keep coming,' said the girl. "'They've learned to be really sneaky, too. "'They hardly ever end up in our traps any more. "'What's the good of the rat-catchers offering us fifty-p a tail if the rats are so cunning? "'The rat-catchers have to use all kind of tricks to get them, they say.' Behind her, sardines looked carefully around the room and then signalled to the rats in the ceiling to pull the rope up. ''Don't you think this would be a good time to go away?'' said Morris. ''Why are you making faces like that?'' said Melissia, staring at him. ''Oh, well, you know that kind of cat that grins all the time? Heard of that?'' ''Well, I'm the kind that makes, you know, weird faces,'' said Morris desperately. ''And sometimes I just burst out and say things, ''Get away, get away!'' ''See, I did it again. It is an affliction. I probably need counseling. ''Oh, no, don't do that. This is not the time to do that.'' ''Whoops, there I go again.'' sardines, had pulled his straw hat out of his knapsack and was holding a small walking stick. It was a good routine, even Morris had to admit. Some towns had advertised for a rat pipe at the very first time he'd done it. People could tolerate rats in the cream and rats in the roof and rats in the teapot, but they drew the line at tap dancing. If you saw tap dancing rats, you were in big trouble. Morris had reckoned that if only the rats could play an accordion as well, they could do two towns a day. He'd stared for too long. Melissa turned and her mouth opened in shock and horror as Sardines went into his routine. The cat saw her hand reach out for a pan that was on the table. She threw it very accurately. But Sardines was a good pot dodger. The rats were used to having things thrown at them. He was already running when the pan was halfway across the room and then he leapt onto the chair and then he jumped onto the floor and then he dodged behind the dresser and then there was a sharp, final metallic. Snap. Ha! said Melissa. and Morris and Keith stared at the dresser. That's one rat less at any rate. I really hate them. It was sardines, said Keith. No, it was definitely a rat, said Melissa. Sardines hardly ever invade a kitchen. I expect you're thinking about the plague of lobsters over in... "'He just called himself Sardines "'because he saw the name on a rusty old tin "'and thought it sounded stylish,' said Morris. "'He wondered if he dare look behind the dresser. "'He was a good rat,' said Keith. "'He used to steal books for me "'when they were teaching me to read.' "'Excuse me, are you mad?' said Melissa. "'It was a rat. "'The only good rat is a dead rat.' "'Hello,' said a little voice. "'It came from behind the dresser.' ''It can't be alive. It's a huge trap,'' said Melissa. ''It's got teeth.'' ''Anyone there? Only the stick is bending,'' said the voice. The dresser was massive, the wood so old that time had turned it black and as solid and heavy as stone. ''That's not a rat talking, is it?'' said Melissa. ''Please tell me rats can't talk.'' ''In fact, it's bending quite a bit now,'' said the voice, which was slightly muffled. Morris squinted into the space behind the dresser. ''I can see him.'' he said. He wedged the stick and the jaws as they closed. Watch "'Watcher, Sardines, how you doing?' "'Fine, boss,' said Sardines in the gloom. "'If it wasn't for this trap, I'd say everything was perfect. Did I mention the stick is bending?' Uh, "'Yes, you did.' "'It's bent some more since then, boss.' Keith grabbed one end of the dresser and grunted as he tried to move it. "'It's like rock,' he said. "'It's full of crockery,' said Melissa, now quite bewildered. "'But rats don't really talk, do they?' ''Get out of the way!'' shouted Keith. He grabbed the back edge of the dresser with both hands and braced one foot against the wall and heaved. Slowly, like a mighty forest tree, the dresser pitched forward. The crockery started to fall out as it tipped, plate slipping off plate in one glorious, chaotic deal from a very expensive pack of cards. Even so, some of them survived the fall onto the floor, and so did some of the cups and saucers as the cupboard opened and added to the fun— but that didn't make any difference because then a huge, heavy woodwork thundered down on top of them. One miraculously whole plate rolled past Keith, spinning round and round and getting close to the floor with the yo 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 sound you always get in these distressing circumstances. Keith reached down to the trap, grabbing sardines. As he pulled the rat up, the stick gave way and the trap snapped shut. A bit of the stick spun away through the air. "Are you all right?" said Keith. "'Well, boss, all I can see is it's a good job rats don't wear underwear. "'Thanks, boss,' said Sardines. "'He was quite plump for a rat, but when his feet were dancing, "'he could float across the floor like a balloon. "'There was the sound of a tapping foot. Melissa, with arms folded and an expression like a thunderstorm, "'looked at Sardines and then at Morris, "'and then at the stupid-looking Keith, and then at the wreckage on the floor. "'Er, uh, sorry about the mess,' said Keith, "'but he was... she waved this away.' "'Okay,' she said, as if she'd been thinking deeply. "'It goes like this, I think. "'The rat is a magical rat. "'I bet he's not the only one. "'Something happened to him or them, "'and now they're really quite intelligent, "'despite the tap-dancing. "'And they're friends with the cat. "'So, why would rats and a cat be friends?' "'And it goes... "'There's some kind of an arrangement, right? "'I know. Don't tell me. Don't tell me!' "'Huh?' said Keith. "'I shouldn't think anyone ever has to tell you anything,' said Morris. "'It's something to do with plagues of rats, right? "'All those towns we've heard about? "'Well, you heard about them too, "'and so you got together with thingy here?' "'Keith,' said Keith. "'Yes, and so you go from town to town, "'pretending to be a plague of rats?' "'And thingy, Keith, yes, pretends to be a rat piper, "'and you all follow him out, right? "'It's all a big schwindle, yes?' "'Sardines looked up at Morris. "'She's got us banged to rights, boss,' he said. "'So now you've got to give me a good reason "'why I don't call the watch out on you,' said Melissa, triumphantly. "'I don't have to,' Morris thought. "'Because you won't. <coughs> "'Gosh!' "'Humans are so easy.' "'He rubbed up against Melissa's legs and gave her a smirk. "'If you do, you'll never find out how the story ends,' he said. "'Ha! It'll end with you going to prison,' said Melissa. "'But Morris saw her staring at the stupid-looking Keith and at Sardines. "'Sardines still had his little straw hat on. "'When it comes to attracting attention, that sort of thing counts for a lot.' When he saw her frowning at him, Sardines hastily removed his straw hat and held it in front of him by the brim. "'There's something I'd like to find out, boss,' he said, "'if we're finding out things.' Melissia raised an eyebrow. "'Well,' she said, "'and don't call me boss.' "'I'd like to find out why there's no rats in the city, Gav,' said Sardines. He tap-danced a few steps nervously. Melissia could glare better than a cat. "'What do you mean, no rats?' she said. "'There's a plague of rats, and you're a rat anyway. "'This rat runs all over the place, and there's a few dead rats, "'but we haven't found a living rat anywhere, Gov. "'Melissia leaned down. "'But you are a rat,' she said. "'Yes, Gav, but we only arrived this morning.' "'Sardines grinned nervously as Melissia gave him another long stare. "'Would you like some cheese?' she said. "'I'm afraid it's only mousetrap.' ''I don't think so, thank you very much all the same,'' said Sardines, very carefully and politely. ''It's no use. I think it really is time to tell the truth,'' said Keith. ''No, no, 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 no!'' said Morris, who hated that kind of thing. ''It's all because...'' ''You were right, miss,'' said Keith, wearily. ''We go from town to town with a bunch of rats and full people into giving us money to leave. ''That's what we do. I'm sorry we've been doing it. ''This was going to be the last time. I'm very sorry.'' "'You shared your food with us, and you haven't got much, too. "'We ought to be ashamed.' "'It seemed to Morris, while he was watching Melissa make up her mind, "'that her mind worked in a different way to other people's minds. "'She understood all the hard things without even thinking. "'Magical rats? Yeah, yeah. "'Talking cats? Been there, done that, bought the singlet. "'It was the simple things that were hard. "'Her lips were moving. "'She was,' Morris realised, Making a story out of it. So, she said. You come along with your trained rats? We prefer educated rodents, Gov, said Sardines. All right. Your educated rodents? And you move into a city, and what happens to the rats that are there already? Sardines looked helplessly at Morris. Morris nodded at him to keep on. They were all going to be in big trouble if Melissa didn't make up a story she liked. They keep out of our way, boss. I mean gov, said Sardines. Can they talk too? No gov. I think our rats think of them a bit like monkeys, said Keith. I was talking to Sardines, said Melissia. Sorry, said Keith. And there's no other rats here at all, Melissia went on, no gov. A few old skeletons, and some piles of poisons, and lots of traps, boss, but no rats, boss. But the rat-catchers nail up a lot of rat-tails every day. Speak as I find, boss, gov. No rats, boss, gov. No other rats anywhere we've been, boss, gov. Have you ever looked at the rat-tails, miss? said Morris. What do you mean? said Melissa. They're fake, said Morris. Some of them, anyway. They're just old leather bootlaces. I saw some in the street. They weren't real rat tails, said Keith. I'm a cat. You think I don't know what rat tails look like? Surely people would notice, said Melissa. Yeah, said Morris. Do you know what an aglet is? Aglet? Aglet? What's an aglet got to do with anything? snapped Melissa. ''It's those little metal bits on the end of shoelaces,'' said Morris. ''How come a cat knows a word like that?'' said the girl. ''Everyone's got to know something,'' said Morris. ''Have you ever looked closely at the rat tails?'' ''Of course not. You can get the plague from rats,'' said Melissa. ''That's right. Your legs explode,'' said Morris, grinning. ''That's why you didn't see the aglets. Your legs exploded lately, sardines?'' Not today, boss, said Sardines. Mind you, it's not even lunchtime yet. Melissa Grimm looked well Grim. A ha, she said. And it seemed to Morris that the ha had a very nasty edge to it. So you're not going to tell the watch about us? he ventured, hopefully. What? Is that I've been talking to a rat and a cat? said Melissa. Of course not. They'll tell my father I've been telling stories and I'll get locked out of my room again. You get locked out of your room as a punishment? said Morris. Yes, it means I can't get at my books. I'm a rather special person, as you may have guessed, said Melissa proudly. Haven't you heard of the sisters Grimm, Agonista and Evisora Grimm? They were my grandmother and my great-aunt. They wrote fairy tales. Ah, so we're "'Temporarily out of trouble here,' thought Morris. "'Best to keep her talking.' "'I'm not a big reader, as cats go,' he said. "'So what were these, then? Uh, "'Stories about little people with wings going tinkle-tinkle?' "'No,' said Melissa. "'They were not big on tinkling little people. "'They wrote real fairy tales, "'ones with lots of blood and bones and bats and rats in. "'I've inherited the storytelling talent,' she added.' "'I kind of thought you had,' said Morris. and if there's no rats under the town, "'but the rat-catchers are nailing up boot-laces.' "'I smell a rat,' said Melissa. "'Sorry,' said Sardines. "'I think that was me. I'm a bit nervous.' "'There were sounds from upstairs. "'Quick, go out across the backyard,' Melissa commanded. "'Get up into the hayloft over the stables. "'I'll bring you some food. "'I know exactly how this sort of thing goes.' Chapter 5 Ratty Rupert was the bravest rat that ever was. Everyone in Fairy Bottom said so. From Mr Bunsey Has an Adventure Dark Tan was in a tunnel several streets away, hanging from four bits of string attached to his harness. They were tied onto a stick which had been balanced like a seesaw on the back of a very fat rat. Two other rats were sitting on the other end and several other rats were steering it. Dark tan was hanging just above the teeth of a big steel trap that completely filled the tunnel. He squeaked the signal to stop. The ruler vibrated a little under his weight. I'm right over the cheese, he said. Smells like Langer blue vein, extra tasty. Not been touched, pretty old too. Move me in about two paws. Um, rat measurement about an inch. The stick bounced up and down as he was pushed forward. Careful, sir, said one of the younger rats who crowded the tunnel behind the trap disposal squad. Dark Tan grunted and looked down at the teeth an inch away from his nose. He pulled a short piece of wood out of one of his belts. A tiny sliver of mirror had been glued to one end of it. You lot, move the candle this way a bit, he commanded. That's right, that's right. Let's see now. He pushed the mirror past the teeth and turned it gently. Ah, just as I thought. It's a Prattlin' Johnson little snapper, sure enough. One of the old mark frees, but with the extra safety catch. That's come a long way. OK, we know all about these, don't we? Cheese for tea, lads. There was nervous laughter from the watchers, but a voice said, Oh, they're easy. Who said that? said Dark Tan sharply. There was silence. Dark Tan craned his head back. The young rats had carefully moved aside, leaving one looking very, very alone. are oh, nourishing, said Dark Tan, turning back to the trap's trigger mechanism. Easy, is it? Glad to hear it. You can show us how it's done, then. Um, when I said easy, nourishing began, I mean, In brine showed me on the practice trap, and he said, No need to be modest, said Dark Tan, a gleam in his eye. It's all ready. I'll just watch, shall I? You can get into the harness and do it, can you? "'But, but, 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 but I I couldn't see too well when he showed us. "'Now, I I come to think about it, and, 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 and... and "'I'll tell you what,' said Dark Tan. "'I'll work the trap, shall I?' "'Nourishing looked very relieved. "'And you can tell me exactly what to do,' Dark Tan added. Uh Nourishing began. "'Now she looks like a rat prepared to rejoin the whittling squad really quickly.' "'Jolly good,' said Dark Tan.' He carefully put his mirror away and pulled a length of metal out of his harness. He prodded the trap carefully. Nourishing shuddered at the sound of metal on metal. Now, where was I? Oh, yeah. Here's a bar and a little spring and a catch. Uh, what shall I do now, Miss Nourishing? Uh, 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 Nourishing stuttered. Things are creaking here, Miss Nourishing, said Dark Tan from the depths of the trap. "Um, uh, You wedge the thingy. Which one is the thingy, Miss Nourishing? Take your time. Oh, whoops. Oh, this bit of metal is wobbling, but don't let me hurry you in any way. Uh, you edge the, uh, the thingy, uh, the, the thingy, the, uh... Nourishing's eyes rolled wildly. Maybe it's this big snap. Ah, 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 ah. Nourishing fainted. Dark Tan slipped out of the harness and dropped onto the trap. All fixed, he said. I've clipped it firm. It won't go off. Now you boys can drag it out of the way. He walked back to the squad and dropped a lump of hairy cheese onto Nourishing's quivering stomach. It's very important in the trap business to be definite, you see. You're definite or you're dead. The second mouse gets the cheese. Darktown sniffed. Well, no human coming here would have any difficulty thinking there's rats around now. The other trainees laughed in the nervous, tittering way of people who've seen someone else attract the teacher's attention and are glad it isn't them. Dark Tan unrolled a scrap of paper. He was a rat of action, and the idea that the world could be pinned down in little signs worried him a bit. But he could see how useful it was. When he drew pictures of a tunnel layout, the paper remembered. It didn't get confused by new smells. Other rats, if they knew how to read, could see in their heads what the writer had seen. He'd invented maps. It was a drawing of the world. ''Amazing stuff, this new technology,'' he said. ''So, there's poison marked here, two tunnels back. Did you see to it in, Brian?'' Uh, ''Buried and whittled on,'' said in, Brian, his deputy. ''It was the grey number two poison, too.'' ''Good rat,'' said Tan. ''That's nasty eating.'' ''There were dead kikis all around it.'' ''I'll bet there were. No antidote for that stuff.'' ''We found trays of number one and number three, too.'' said Inbrine lots of them you can survive number one poison if you're sensible said Dark Tan remember that all of you and if you ever eat number three poison we've got some stuff that will sort you out I mean you'll live in the end but there'll be a day or two when you wish you were dead there's lots of poison Dark Tan said Inbrine nervously more than I've ever seen before rat bones all over that place important safety tip there then "'said Dark Tan, setting off along a new tunnel. "'Don't eat a dead rat unless you know what they died of. "'Otherwise, you'll die of it too.' "'Dangerous Bean says. "'He thinks we shouldn't eat rats at all,' said Inbrine. "'Yeah, well, maybe,' said Dark Tan. "'But out in the tunnels, you have to be practical. "'Never let good food go to waste. "'And someone wake up nourishing.' "'A lot of poison,' said Inbrine as the squad moved on. They must really hate rats here. Dark Tan didn't answer. He could see people were already getting nervous. There was a smell of fear in the rats' runs. They'd never come across so much poison before. Dark Tan didn't usually worry about anything and hated to feel the worry starting deep in his bones. A small rat, out of breath, scudded up the tunnel and crouched in front of him. "'Kidney, sir, number three, heavy whittlers,' it burst out. we found a trap, sir, not like the usual sort. "'Fresh walk right into it. Please come.' There was a lot of straw in the loft over the stables, and the heat of the horses coming up from below made it quite snug. Keith was lying on his back, staring at the ceiling and humming to himself. Morris was watching his lunch, which was twitching its nose. Right up until the time he pounced, Morris looked like a sleek killing machine. It all went wrong just before he jumped. His rear rose. It waggled faster and faster from side to side. His tail slashed at the air like a snake. Then he dived forward, claws out. Squeak! Okay, here's the deal, said Morris, to the shivering ball in his claws. You just have to say something. Anything. Let me go, maybe, or even help. Squeak does not "'Cut the mustard. It's just a noise. "'Just ask, and I'll let you go. "'No one can say I'm not highly moral in that respect. "'Squeak!' screamed the mouse. "'Fair enough,' said Morris, and killed it instantly. "'He carried it back to the corner where Keith was sitting in the straw "'and eating a pickled beef sandwich. "'It couldn't talk,' said Morris hurriedly. "'I didn't ask you,' said Keith. "'I mean, I gave it a chance,' said Morris. "'You heard me right.' It only had to say it didn't want to be eaten. Good. It's all right for you. I mean, it's not as though you have to speak to sandwiches, said Morris, as if he was still bothered about something. I wouldn't know what to say to them, said Keith. And I'd like to point out that I didn't play with it either, said Morris. One swipe with the old porn, it was goodbye. That's all she wrote, except that obviously the mouse didn't write anything, not being intelligent in any way. I believe you. "'said Keith. "'It never felt a thing,' "'Morris went on. "'There was a scream "'from somewhere in a nearby street, "'and then the sound of crockery breaking. "'There had been quite a lot of that "'in the last half-hour. "'Sounds like the lads are still at work,' "'said Morris, "'carrying the dead mouse "'behind a pile of hay. "'Nothing gets a good scream "'like sardines dancing across the table.' "'The stable doors opened. "'A man came in, "'harnessed two of the horses, "'and led them out. "'Shortly afterwards,' there was the sound of a coach leaving the yard. A few seconds later, there were three loud knocks from below. They were repeated. And then they were repeated again. Finally, Melissa's voice said, Are you two up there or not? Keith crawled out of the hay and looked down. Yes, he said. Didn't you hear the secret knock? said Melissa, staring up at him in annoyance. It... ''Didn't sound like a secret knock,'' said Morris, his mouth full. ''Is that Morris's voice?'' said Melissa suspiciously. "Ah, uh, ''Yes,'' said Keith. ''You'll have to excuse him. He's eating someone.'' Morris swallowed quickly. ''It's not someone!'' he hissed. ''It's not someone unless it can talk. Otherwise it's just food.'' ''It is a secret knock,'' Melissa snapped. ''I know about these things, and you're supposed to give the secret knock in return.'' "'But if it's just someone knocking on the door in, you know, general high spirits, "'and we knock back, what are they going to think it is up here?' said Morris, "'an extremely heavy beetle.' milicia went uncharacteristically silent for a the moment. "'Then she said, "'Good point, good point. "'I know. I'll shout, it's me, milicia and then give the secret knock, "'and that way you'll know it's me and you can give the secret knock back, Okay." ''Why don't we just say, hello, we're up here?'' said Keith innocently. Melissa sighed. ''Don't you have any sense of drama? Look, my father's gone off to the rat house to see the other council members. He said the crockery was the last straw.'' ''The crockery?'' said Morris. ''You told him about sardines?'' ''I had to say I'd been frightened by a huge rat and tried to climb up the dresser to escape,'' said Melissa. ''You lied?'' I just told a story, said Melissia calmly. It was a good one, too. It was much more true than the truth would sound. A tap-dancing rat? Anyway, he wasn't really interested because there's been a lot of complaints today. Your tame rats are really upsetting people. I am gloating. They're not our rats. They're their rats, said Keith. And they always work fast, said Morris proudly. They don't mess about when it comes to... "'Messing about.' "'One time we were in last month, the council advertised for a rat piper "'the very next morning,' said Keith. "'That was Sardines' big day.' "'My father shouted a lot and sent for Blunkett and Spears, too,' said Melissa. "'There's the rat catchers, and you know what that means, don't you?' "'Morris and Keith looked at one another. "'Let's pretend we don't,' said Morris.' It means we can break into their shed and solve the mystery of the bootlace tails," said Melissa. She gave Morris a critical look. Of course, it would be more satisfying if we were four children and a dog, which is the right number for an adventure. But we'll make do with what we got. Hey, we just steal from governments," said Morris. "Er, uh, only governments who aren't people's fathers, obviously," said Keith. So. "'said Melissia, giving Keith an odd look. "'That's not the same as being criminals,' said Morris. "'Ah, but when we've got the evidence, "'we can take it to the council, "'and then it won't be criminal at all, "'because we will be saving the day,' said Melissia, with weary patience. "'Of course, it may be that the council and the watch "'are in league with the rat-catchers, "'so we shouldn't trust anyone.' "'Really? Haven't you people ever read a book?' "'It'll be dark soon, and I'll come over and pick you up, "'and we can shimmy the nodger.' "'Can we?' said Keith. "'Yes, with a hairpin,' said Melissa. "'I know it's possible, because I've read about it hundreds of times.' "'What kind of nodger is it?' said Morris. "'A big one,' said Melissa. "'That makes it easier, of course.' She turned around, abruptly, and ran out of the stables. "'Morris,' said Keith. "'Yes,' said the cat.' "'What is a nodger, and how do you shimmy it?' "'I don't know. A lot, maybe.' "'But you said—' "'Yes, but I was just trying to keep her talking in case she turned violent,' said Morris. "'She's gone in her head, if you ask me. "'She's one of those people like actors, you know, acting all the time, "'not living in the real world at all. "'Like it's all a big story. "'Dangerous Beans is a bit like that. "'Highly dangerous person, in my opinion.' He's a very kind and thoughtful rat. Ah, uh, yes, but the trouble is, see, that he thinks everyone else is like him. People like that are bad news, kid. And our lady friend, she thinks life works like a fairy tale. Well, that's harmless, isn't it? said Keith. Yeah, but in fairy tales, when someone dies, it's just a word. The number 3 Heavy Whittlers squad taking a rest, and they'd run out of ammunition in any case. No one felt like going past the trap to the trickle of water that dripped down the wall, and no one likes looking at what was in the trap. Poor old Fresh, said the rat. He was a good rat. Should have paid attention to where he was going, No," said another rat. Thought he knew it all, said yet another rat. A decent rat, though, if a bit smelly. So let's get him out of the trap, shall we? said the first rat, doesn't seem right leaving him in there like that. Yeah, especially since we're hungry. One of the rats said, Dangerous Beans says we shouldn't eat rat at all. Another rat said, No, it's only if you don't know what they died of, because they might have died of poison. Another rat said, And we know what he died of. He died of squashing. You can't catch squashing. They all looked at the late fresh. Why do you think happens to you after you're dead? "'said a rat slowly. "'You get eaten, or you go all dried up or mouldy. "'What, all of you?' "'Well, people usually leave the feet.' "'The rat who'd asked the question said, "'What about the bit inside?' "'And the rat who'd mentioned the feet said, "'Oh, the squishy green wobbly bit. "'Now you ought to leave that too. "'Tastes awful.' "'No, I meant the bit inside you that's you. "'Where does that go?' Sorry, you lost me there. Well, you know, like dreams. The rats nodded. They knew about dreams. Dreams had come as a big shock when they started to happen. Well then, in the dreams when you're being chased by dogs or flying or whatever, who is it that's doing that? It's not your body because that's asleep. So it must be an invisible part that lives inside you, yes? And being dead is like being asleep in it. Not ''Exactly like a sleep,'' said a rat, uncertainly, glancing at the fairly flat thing formerly known as fresh. ''I mean, you don't get all blood and bits sticking out and you wake up.'' ''So,'' said the rat, who'd raised the whole question about the invisible part, ''when you wake up, where does the dreaming part go? When you die, where does that bit that's inside you go? What, the green wobbly bit? No, the bit that's behind your eyes!'' You mean the pinky grey bit? No, not that. The invisible bit. How would I know? I've never seen an invisible bit. All the rats stared down at Fresh. I don't like this kind of talk, said one of them. It reminds me of the shadows and the candlelight. Another one said, Did you hear about the bone rat? It comes and gets you when you're dead, they say. They say, they say muttered the rat. They say there's a big rat underground who made everything, they say. So it made the humans too. Must be really keen on us to go and make humans too, eh? How do I know? Maybe they were made by a big human. Oh, now you're just being silly, said the doubting rat who was called Tomato. All right, all right. But you've got to admit that everything couldn't have just well turned up, could it? There's got to be a reason... And Dangerous Beans says there's things we should do because they're right. Well, who works out what's right? Where does right and wrong come from? They say if you've been a good rat, maybe the big rat has got this tunnel full of good eating that the bone rat will take you to. But Fresh is still here, and I ain't seen a bony rat, said Doubting Tomato. Ah, but they say you only see it if it's coming for you. Oh, oh! "'said another rat, nervous to the point of mad sarcasm. "'So how did they see it, then? Tell me that. "'Life's bad enough as it is without having to worry about invisible things you can't see.' "'All right, all right, what's been happening?' "'The rats turned, suddenly incredibly pleased to see Dark Tan scurry up the tunnel. "'Dark Tan pushed past. He'd brought nourishing with him. "'It was never too soon,' he said, "'for a member of the squad to find out what happened to people who got things wrong. i say,' he said, looking at the trap. "'He shook his head sadly.' What do I tell everyone? Not to use tunnels that haven't been marked clear, sir, said Tomato. But fresh, well, he's not a... He never was a good listener, and he was keen to get on with it, sir. Dark Tan examined the trap and tried to keep his face fixed and an expression of confident purpose. It was hard to do it, though. He'd never seen a trap like it. It looked a really nasty one, a squeezer rather than a chopper. It had been put where a rat hurrying to the water would be bound to trip it. He's not going to do any more listening now, that for certain, he said. The face looks familiar, apart from the bulging eyes and the tongue hanging out, that is. Er, You talked afresh in the muster this morning, sir, said the rat. Told him he was raised to be a whittler and to get on with it, sir. Dark Tan's expression remained blank. Then he said, we got to go. We're finding a lot of traps all over. "'We'll work our way back to you. "'No one is to go any further along that tunnel. "'Understood? "'Everyone say, yes, Dark Tan.' "'Yes, Dark Tan,' the rats chorused. "'And one of you stand guard,' said Dark Tan. "'There could be more traps up that way.' "'What shall we do with fresh, sir?' said Tomato. "'Don't eat the green wobbly bit,' said Dark Tan, and hurried off. "'Traps,' he thought. "'There were too many of them, and too much poison.' Even the experienced members of the squad were getting nervous now. He didn't like to come across unknown things. You found out what unknown things were when they killed you. The rats were spreading out under the town, and it was like no other town they'd found. The whole place was a rat trap. They hadn't found a single living kiki. Not one. That wasn't normal. Everywhere had rats. Where you got humans, you got rats. And on top of everything else, the young rats were spending too much time worrying about things. Things you couldn't see or smell. Shadow things. Dark Tan shook his head. There was no room in the tunnels for that sort of thinking. Life was real. Life was practical. And life could get taken away really quickly if you weren't paying attention. He noticed nourishing, looking around and sniffing the air as they trotted along a pipe. ''That's right,'' he said approvingly. ''You can't be too careful. Never rush in. ''Even the rat in front of you might have been lucky and missed the trigger.'' ''Yes, sir.'' ''Don't worry too much about Fresh, though.'' ''He did look awfully flat, sir.'' ''Fools rush in, nourishing. Fools rush in.'' Dark Tan could sense the fear spreading. It worried him. ''If the changelings panicked, they'd panic as rats.'' And the tunnels in this city were no place for a terrified rat to be running. But if one rat broke ranks and ran, then most of them would follow. Smell held sway in the tunnels. When things went well, everyone felt good. When fear arrived, it flowed through the runs like flood water. Panic in the rat world was a kind of disease that could be caught too easily. Things did not get any better when they caught up with the rest of his squad. This time they'd found a new poison. Not a worry said Dark Tan, who was worried. We've come across new poisons before, right? Not for ages, said a rat. Remember that one in Scrope, with the sparkly blue bits? It burned if you got it on your feet. People ran into it before they knew. They've got that ear. You'd better come and see. In one of the tunnels, a rat was lying on its side. Its feet were curled up tight, like fists. It was whimpering. Dark Tan took one look, and knew that for this rat... "'It was all over. "'It was only a matter of time. "'For the rats back in Scroat, "'it had been a matter of horrible time. "'I could bite her in the back of the neck,' "'a rat volunteered. "'It would be all over quickly. "'It's a kind thought, "'but that stuff gets into the blood,' "'said Dark Tan. "'Find a snap, a trap that hasn't been made safe. "'Do it carefully.' "'Put a rat in a trap, sir,' "'said Nourishing. "'Yes. "'Better dive fast than slow.' Even so, it's... The rat who had volunteered to do the gnawing started to protest. The hairs around Dark Tan's face stood out. He reared up and showed his teeth. Do what you're told or I'll gnaw you, he roared. The other rat crouched back. All right, Dark Tan, all right. And warn all the other squads, Dark Tan bellowed. This isn't rat catching, this is war. Everyone's to pull back smartly. No one touch anything, we're going to... Yes, what is it this time? A small rat had crept up to Dark Tan. As the trap hunter spun round, the rat crouched hurriedly, almost rolling on its back to show how small and harmless it was. ''Please, sir,'' it mumbled. ''Yes!'' ''This time we've found a live one!'' Chapter Six There were big adventures and small adventures Mr Bunsey knew. "'You didn't get told what size they were going to be before you started. "'Sometimes you could have a big adventure, even when you were standing still. "'From Mr. Bunsey Has an Adventure. "'Hello, hello, it's me, and I'm going to give the secret knock now.' "'There were three knocks on the stable door, "'and then Melissa's voice rose again with, "'Hello, did you hear the secret knock?' "'Perhaps you'll go away if we keep quiet,' said Keith in the straw." i shouldn't think so said morris he raised his voice and called out we're up here you've still got to give us a secret knock shouted Melissa. oh said morris under his breath and fortunately no human knows how bad a swear word that is in cat language look this is me okay a cat which talks how will you recognize me shall i wear a red carnation "'I don't think you're a proper talking cat anyway,' said Melissia, climbing the ladder. She was still wearing black and had bundled up her hair under a black scarf. She also had a big bag slung from her shoulder. "'Gosh, she's got that right,' said Morris. "'I mean, you don't wear boots and a sword and have a big hat with a feather in it,' said the girl, pulling herself into the loft. Morris gave her a long stare. "'Boots?' "'he said at last, on these paws. "'Oh, it was in a picture in a book I read,' said Melissia calmly. "'A silly one for children, full of animals that dressed up as humans.' "'It crossed Morris's cat mind, and not for the first time, "'that if he moved fast he could be out of the city in five minutes "'and onto a barge or something. "'Once, when he was no more than a kitten, "'he'd been taken home by a small girl,' who'd dressed him up in dolls' clothes and sat him at a small table with a couple of dolls and three-quarters of a teddy bear. He'd managed to escape through an open window, but it had taken him all day to get out of the dress. That girl could have been Melissa. She thought animals were just people who hadn't been paying enough attention. "'I don't do clothes,' he said. It wasn't much of a line, but it was probably better than saying, "'I think you're a loony.'" "'Could be an improvement.'" said militia it's nearly dark let's go we shall move like cats all right said morris i expect i can do that although he thought a few minutes later no cats ever moved like militia she obviously thought that it was no good looking inconspicuous unless people could see that you were being inconspicuous. People in the street actually stopped to watch her as she sidled along walls and scuttled from one doorway to another. Morris and Keith strolled along after her. No one paid them any attention. Eventually, in a narrow street, she stopped at a black building with a big wooden sign hanging over the door. The sign showed a lot of rats, a sort of star made of rats, with all their tails tied together in a big knot. Sign of the ancient guild of rat catchers. "'whispered Melissa, swinging her bag off her shoulder. "'I know,' said Keith. "'It looks horrible.' "'Makes an interesting design, though,' said Melissa. "'One of the most significant things about the door below the sign "'was the big padlock holding it shut. "'Odd,' Morris thought. "'If rats make your legs explode, "'why do rat-catchers have to have a big lock on their shed? "'Luckily, I'm prepared for every eventuality.' said Melissia, and reached into her bag. There was a sound as of lumps of metal and bottles being moved around. "'What have you got in there?' said Morris. "'Everything.' "'The grapnel and rope ladder take up a lot of the room,' said Melissia, still feeling around. "'And then there's the big medicine kit, and the small medicine kit, and the knife, and the other knife, and the sewing kit, and the mirror for sending signals, and these.' She pulled out a small bundle of black cloth. When she unrolled it, Morris saw the gleam of metal. Ah, he said, lark pigs, right? I've seen burglars at work. Hairpins, said Melissa, selecting one. Hairpins always work in the books I've read. You just push it into the keyhole and twiddle. I have a selection of pre-bent ones. Once again, Morris felt a little chill at the back of his head. They work in stories, he thought. Oh, dear me. And how come you know so much about picking larks, he said. I told you, they lock me out of my room to punish me, said Melissa, twiddling. Morris had seen thieves at work. Men breaking into buildings at night hated to see dogs, but they didn't mind cats. Cats never attempted to tear their throats out. "'And what thieves tended to have, he knew, "'were complicated little tools "'which were used with great care and precision. "'They didn't use stupid... "'Click. "'Good,' said Melissa in a satisfied voice. "'That was just luck,' said Morris, "'as the padlock swung free. "'He looked up at Keith. "'You think it's just luck too, eh, kid?' "'How would I know?' said Keith. "'I've never seen it done before.' "'I knew it would work,' said Melissa. It worked in the fairy story The Seventh Wife of Greenbeard, where she broke out of his room of terror and stabbed him in the eye with a frozen herring. That was a fairy story, said Keith. Yes, said Melissa proudly, right out of Grim Fairy Tales. You've got some bad fairies in these parts, said Morris, shaking his head. Melissa pushed the door open. Oh, no, she moaned. I didn't expect this. End of CD two.